So we left off last week uh, in the middle of the thought. I was sharing with you a machshava from the Alta from Kalim about Chesed in Ramavinu. And he spoke out that he points out that it's not tufelik, it's not just coincidence that Ramavinu was the Rosh Hamaminim and Ramavinu was the Muda Chesed. But we didn't finish the thought. So he says, the Torah describes the Brahman Chesed, and it goes to the Pratim, and the Prate Pratim is the beginning of Parshat Vayera. He ran, even though he was a Chayla, he shechted Chazal say, he says, Aikach ben Bakara, Rach Vatoiv. So he shechted three Behemas, Gorba Metsia, each one of his guests could get a full tongue of a, of, of a, of a cow. With cardinal even. Right. So he said the three behemoths. Each person got their own full tongue. A full tongue is big. Ever saw this full tongue? It's not small, right? Can you have you? Yeah. Take, take, take you guys a little time to the slot. You've got to see, gotta see what, what the behemoth looks like. Chema, Kholov, every single detail. We find later in the parsha, Medrash tells us that Romano has this tent. It has four psachim. Any direction you come from, you don't have to step around. And the Medrash goes on and on and on about how, how, how extraordinary that was. That gets how many words in the Torah? Vayita, Eishel, Biber Shava. Four words. Rashi says he was there for 26 years. Extraordinary. Eishel, Roshetevis, Achila, Shtia. Lina, Now, that was probably much more extraordinary than this one Misa that he met Malachim at the beginning of the Parsha. The Malachim gets a lot of Sukkim. This gets four words. Furthermore, this is to B'nai Adam, and that was to Malachim. So if you want to describe a Chesed, describe it to people which need it. Describe it in the Chesed to Malachim. That's the order that the author from Kelim has. So Mazisul says something which at first I ask you to bear with me, it grates in your ears a little bit. He says, and this is what we started talking about last week, the Makuna of Chesed, the void of Chesed, is not because the person has a need. And I need to fulfill his needs. The Russian should fulfill his needs. Turn to Russia, ask for Bikiva. If the Russian loves Aniyim, so why does it take care of them? Like, you say the Russian loves Aniyim, etc. So, to make him rich. So, Bikiva said, It's not for Aniyim, it's for us. We need to become people which are givers. So if we have a world but there's nobody who needed, so how do we become givers? So the place the Torah is going to write it about is people which need doesn't get the message as clear by, by writing it by, by the Malachim, which don't need. And Ramamino gave to them because Ramamino is a giver. 
That's what he says. Now, let's mouse with a shver kind of what he's saying at first glance. So he's saying something strange. So the, the, the point is that I, I should be a giver. So it's about me. That sounds selfish. You're not a giver. If you, the reason why you're giving is you want to be a giver. Then you're not a giver anymore. You're a taker. Right? The, the reason why I'm giving is, listen, I, I bet don't like giving. But you're supposed to be a giver. So I'm going to give because this way I feel better about myself. I'm a better person. So the better bottom line is I, all I care about is myself. I want to be a big thought. I get a lot of, get a lot of gun hating. So Mela, I'm going to give because this way you're going to get an Expand the cash, as Rabbi Kreiser would say. Let's sell the cash, right? The Rambam in, in, in the Shana Parakim. The Baron, what is Shana Parakim with that alum now? Ever heard of Shana Parakim? Okay, yeah. So the Rambam wrote, wrote a Hakdama to Mesephtah's office on the Shana Parakim of the Rambam. So Rambam over there, one of his kashas, he tells out is that, that there's a, there's a, there seems to be a, 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 a steer between the philosophers and Chazal. Well, it tells him multiple things. One of his kashas is, Chazal say that a person should not say, Rashi brings it in Parsha Shemini, that a person should be, become Kaddish and be Zoyer from Machal Sasuris, L'Shem HaKaddish Baruch person shouldn't say, he shouldn't say, I don't like Chazir. He should say, The person said, no. So I do it with the Right? That's what Chazal says. The point is, do mitzvahs because the Russian said so. Not because you, you want it. Bethsemi said, you, you'd be very happy to do the opposite. But after God, Rabbi, you're doing it in the shape of Shemayim. Philosophers say, a person comes along and uh, says, you know, I really would love to kill. But what can I do? It says, hurry, you're not allowed to. There's something wrong with you, Neshama. It's a lower level of Neshama than a person who understands that, that, that it's, it's incorrect. And he, I have no location to do, be an axe murderer, as they say in English, yeah. Right? So what's the shot? So he said like this, he says, Biden was scholars, which makes, which is logical. And the Russian created the nature of man to understand certain concepts. We understand them, we relate to them. So the person comes says, listen, I would love to be an axe murderer, but what can I do? The Russian says so, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your Nishal. By the chayk, the chukim says, "Ich v'shteim." I, I understand why the Russian answers. Well, you understand why the Russian? It's called the chayk for a reason. So then, then it's the opposite because I was telling you, Adarabah said, "Listen, I talk about like it, but the Russian said, I'm keeping it because it's the Russian's did." That's the chayk. But by the muskalos, you're supposed to do it because that's the nature of the person. So how's this with the Fanalta McCallum is saying, listen, that's if I would rather not give stuck. I'd rather not do it. I'd rather sit and sleep in my bed and be a lazy bum and I care about the rest of the world. But what's kind of done? Let's take the Khatari, I gotta give. So something wrong with your Nashoba. We understand the Muscala tell her that's not the way it's supposed to be. So what what does he mean? Tell them with me. Yeah, like the curve says, and Adalta McCallum was a nice year. 
you know, he was he was a fairly to be a fairly good Jew, you know. There's a nice with the Baron Cutler. He's an artist well. And uh, he was walking, and somebody came up to him, and the person who looked at Kaka would look really down and out, etc. The Baron gave him gave him some stalker. The Baron walks a few minutes, a few, a few, a few steps, turns back around and goes to give him stalker a second time. Now the Baron was a very Oskar So Talmud was with him, asked him, like Rebbe, like what's the job? He says, the first time I gave stock, I gave stock, but I had, had Rachmanus on, on the fellow. It's such a Rachmanus on the fellow, the way he looked, etc. He says, if you understand that deep, deep down Rachmanus is, I feel uncomfortable and I feel bad, I feel pain when the person's like that. So partially I'm giving the, the, the money because I, I want to feel better. So it's about me. That was the first money that I gave him. I walked away, I already gave him this. I gave him back because there's a bit to give stock. I'm giving just cold cooler because it's the right thing to do, not because it makes me feel better. Now, again, I mean, we're not, that's quite a madriga, you know. Like, you know, Baruch Hashem, how about people should get stuck because of Rachmanus? It's like the Kutuzach, you know, right? They're not, you know, that's also a challenge. But again, it's this funny Shakavatari a little bit. So, like this. Rav Dester has a kuntras, called kuntras of Um When I became a chassan, my mentor told me that this is a required reading for every chassan. To learn kuntras of That's it wouldn't be a bad idea that Bacham should learn it before that either. But, you know. Rav Dester divides up the world into two groups. Noisnim and Noitlin. Givers and takers. There's a third, there's a subcategory which we'll call, which is called Makablin, which we'll get to. The Bresham is a Noisen. The Bresham is the greatest Noisen that there is. The Bresham has no need for the Bria. He didn't create the Bria because he, he was lonely. He didn't create the Bria because he has Toshit, he's missing something. The Bresham created the Bria just as a Hecatimsa to give to. The, the, the he fears us at the end of the countries. Because I'll say that there's showing him a feel of pizza. Now, there's some very stubborn people out there. And there's some, like, some Badafkinics, you know, like, you know, teenagers like are Badafkinics, you know, like, you know. Right? I point out to him that, you know, we, we go and we show him, like, you know, a picture of what a lung looks like when a person smokes cigarettes, you know, and he says, yeah, but after, yeah, like, you know, like, okay, this is Kinsekel, right? He has to prove that, you know, that he doesn't care. But we're talking about, you know, these aren't little teenagers, these are adults. They're nifter, they come, they show him Pistol Shikahan, they show what it looks like, right? He says, nah, but after, not in his heart. What's that? The neshama is clore that it blew it, and still it's not mischar. So that's not what it means. You can't change your neshama after you die. Ganadin is for people which are, Ganadin is connected to Kadosh Baruch. Kadosh Baruch is a noisin. If you're not a noisin, you can't go into Ganadin. You, you don't fit. So the person who spent his life being a noisin, 
goes to Gehenna. Because that's the only place he fits. You know, Lavelle says, this, this fellow, I don't know, you know, who made up the story. The, the, story, the story is totally apocryphal, but the mice is a good story. Yeah. All right. There's a fellow who he wanted to understand the difference between Ganadin and Gehenna. I mean, he learned all of the Midrashim. There's a message called Mahathas Gehenna. He's really interested. Um, you know, so he read that. He took the Zemedrash Ganadin. He died with the Russian understand the difference. So he answers his tefillah, and a mile comes, he's going to take him to see Ganadin and Gehenna. Oh, yeah. So he goes to the and he walks in. There's this gorgeous banquet hall, and everybody's sitting there, and they're eating, and they're smiling, and they're happy, and it's a to go out. It's a freight, so it's a go out. No, it's okay, that's Ganadin. He goes to Gehenna, he walks in. There's a banquet hall, and it's full of food, and mom, it's the same hall. And everybody's sitting there, very, 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 very sad and frustrated and upset. He says, uh, Malach, you know, explain this, please. He says, the Barsha made that there's all, everything called Tum Shabbalim, but the forks are very, very long. And you can't you get the fork to your mouth. It's too long to get to your mouth. So in Ganeiden, every person serves, feeds the guy across the table. And they get him, they haven't figured that out. So everybody sits there and stares at the food, and stares at the food, and tries to get it in his mouth, and it doesn't work. The story is not true, but the message is Gavaldic. Your Baron said, you know, the difference between a a, 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 a a true story is some, it's just a coincidence, and a story made up is, is the Emmys, right? You know, right, we're talking that, right? Yeah, no, maybe. Come on. Why do you say that, that line? The difference between, you know, there's a mice that happened with somebody. Like, you know, it's a mice that happened. Does it, does it prove who he is? The stories they make up about the person. Are the stories which ties up who he is? Why make up the story? Because that's who he is. So the, full, the, the non-true stories are much more true than the true stories. It happened one time, you know. You know, we, you know whatever happened, happened. You know, the, you know, the legends of Claudius still tights up Claudius. Right. The story tops Ganadin Ganhanim. Ganadin is about the scarab the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Kadosh Baruch Hu is Tov. Tov means he's a mitzvah. He gives. He's he's a, he's a giver. He cares. He, he's a noisit. If you're a nice thing, you belong in Ganadin. If you're not, you don't. You can't change. So Russia created a world that he wants to give to us. And Russia also said that the only way that he can give to us is if we become givers. Take us nice with the guy. No, we'll say Chassidish mice instead. You guys can't handle mice with the gun. Anyway, um, they want to ask the rub sister. You know, if you could switch places between you and, and, and Abramovino, you'd be Abramovino, he'd be you. Would, would you switch? No, I mean, that's an extraordinary opportunity to be Abramovino, right? So he says, what would the Kurdish world get out of it? There's still only one of Ramavino. If there'd be two, and there'd be more covets of Kodesh I'd be interested. Is the switch? Well, where does your get out of it? That's what he answered. 
the reason why you want to become a noisin is not because you want to get, because Kodesh Baruch wants to give to you. And he can't give to you unless you're a noisin. So when you become a noisin, you're being a noisin to Kodesh Baruch When you become the person who's a giver, whose cares, is understanding, you made yourself a vehicle for the brush and the gift of to. It's not about you. If it's about you, so you're not a noisin, you're a noisin. You're a frumen noisin. It's like a gore chacham You make yourself a zeichaze, you know, such a good noisin, you can get whatever you want. It's the kid who can't listen to his parents. This way, his parents will give him whatever he wants. He, he's a tzaddik. He's a good manipulator. A Ramavino de Shia, the very element of Noisin. And Mershom gives because he wants to give, not because he gets anything out of it. Because Be'etzim, he's a Noisin. A Ramavino de Shia, that Nesina is the greatest tachlis of the Bria. Because Mershom wants us to be diamond to him. So he made a world where we can be Noisin. We live in an, an absolutely extraordinary world. I, I remember, I remember, you know, the, the same advice with the guy, and the guy before he was, before he was Nifter, so he started crying. So he asked him, why is there crying? You know, he wasn't scared of, he says, I'm leaving a world where you can just you spend a few pennies and buy a pair of tzitzes. And in the mitzvah, it's chocolate, like the tire mitzvahs. I'm going to a world which you can't do any more mitzvahs. That's it. That's what the bell says, the mice. So I don't have such a mice. I had the following horror once. It was a Baruch Yeshiva, I don't know, this is back in maybe eight, ten years ago. Baruch Yeshiva, he needed to pick me up a little bit. And this Baruch liked poetry. You know, like he liked short poems, etc. I was in CBS, right near the Yeshiva, and they something had right next to the checkout, they had these little magnets with poems in them. For like a dollar. So I bought him a poem. And I gave him a little, you know, I wrote on the top, you know, you know to, to so-and-so, you know, signed, you know, signed Rebbe. I gave it to him, and he, he smiled. And I thought to myself, you know, we live in an extraordinary world. The dollar is extremely physical, extremely insignificant. I took a dollar, and I changed it into eternity. I put a smile on a bucket's face. I made his day. I helped him. That's something which is, that's, that's forever. Whatever happened in his life, I don't know. It's like, I, and Emela, he changed and became the best. Those are basically, you know, I, I can't tell you that. You know, those, those, those are the of mice that you say, and what happened? Well, you know, because of that, you know, he, he realized that he made, became like, you know, both in the beginning. You know, like, you know I, I can't tell you that. But the rest of the day, he was a happy person. That's not going to, that's not forever, that's not eternity. I took something which is totally physical and changed it into a vehicle to, to, to help somebody. That's Kedusha. Taking something physical, making it into something which is eternal is extraordinary. That's the world that we live in. The Russian is native to us and we can do that. We're the violin which Russian can create eternity. Avraham Avinu gets a biography. You ever read Avraham biography? Not Avraham, I'm sorry. Moshe Rabbeinu's biography? You ever read it? The Parsha Shemois, right? Biography of Moshe Rabbeinu. It starts in Parsha Shemois. He's born, Kula Or, Nolimol, 
three months early, by the way, you know. He goes up to the palace of Paro. He goes, The Potter tells me, What's Moshe Rabbeinu? What's his gedula? He's now a god. So I don't know, but I love listening to the, to the, to the banquet Sunday night. What? We didn't pay three sixty. What? We didn't pay three hundred sixty dollars. We didn't pay three hundred sixty dollars. Right. So, 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 Mr. Zwani said a word, which is a famous word. He asked the kasher. So, when you go, Moshe became a god. Right. Why did he say three thirteen at that point in time? Yeah. But we use the word godel to the child turns from being a cotton to being a godel. We also describe a godel be as a godel. It's a holy dover who is the same word to describe a cotton versus a godel is the same word which we use to describe godel. We should give him a different name, something else, you know. What's this out of Shabbat Shabbat? So Volbin in Ali Shokhel has a aura. He says, if you go through the stories of the godel Yisrael, you find consistently that they had tremendous Abbas Israel. And it happens to me like you said, like this. he was a tzaddik, and his tamachachon, and he also happened to have Abbas Israel. Mistake. The difference between a cotton and a goddle is a cotton lives for himself and a goddle lives for somebody else. A goddle is somebody who's right to be a husband, he could be a father. He has a crisis with somebody else. We call that maturity. We say, you say, what's interesting? Somebody says, when you're, when you're living responsibly, you're mature. When you're being irresponsible, you're being immature. Immaturity is that a person lives for himself. That is, people who are 60 years old, which are immature. And there's a few 15 year olds which are mature. Not so many. The definition of a godel is somebody who doesn't live for themselves. That's what maturity means. That you, you, you take responsibility. That's godless. But Yigdal, Moshe became a godel. The Yitzel Rashi says that, that he was nothing and the Medrash says he went and put his shoulder together to help them carry it. This fellow is living in the lap of luxury. He's living in the palace of power. He could ignore them totally. He could do whatever he wants. He could go and take advantage of them. He could do whatever he wants, but instead, he cares. The Medrash tells us that, you know, that, that he goes to, to, to the Midbar, to, to Harolakim, and he sees this mess. The Medrash says, what happened over there? He chased the story with he chased the little Shepsula. Right. The Shepsa ran away from the flock. He was worried about the Shepsa. He ran after the Shepsa. He finally realized that the Shepsa wants to get water. He said, you would have told me, I said to the Shepsa, if you would have told me, I would have given you water. Miss Dami, you're tired. I'll carry you back. The Russian says, you're taking such good care of the son. You should take care of my son instead. You know, if we would have asked, we, we never learned the Medrash, why Moshe Ben Zechah to be the Gal Yisrael? He's the Gal Yisrael. He's the person who's going to touch do Nisim through him, which are extraordinary, never done before, and never, never again in the, in the, in the breed. Why? Because he was a nice guy. Doesn't sound good. That's sadic. He learned this, this 27 hours in every, every, every 24 hour period. Right. 
He learned Kabbalah. Something. He was the true person who cared. He was noisa ba'olim chaver. It's an extraordinary thing. We started the last week about the idea of getting outside of yourself. Noisa chaver means you can get outside of yourself. I mean, somebody mentioned Revolva says that, that most people accept their first step of it is they want to be nice people. I, I had a, a Talmud Chavrin tells Hashem, Stein, you know, you know, he's a big, big Malchesed. You know, they, they used to have the, the, the Brissim and tells, you know, for the Suda you could have, you know, 100 people, 150 people. He would set up all the tables by himself. But I prefer the Briss. Just do Chesed. Big Masmid. One of his mentors, one thing said to me, because you know, we were both being metaphor with this, this young man. He said, he says, so and so will run to the ends of the world to do chesed. But for the life of the man, he cannot figure out what you want and what you need. Because he still can't get outside of his own head. God, this is when I can get into your head. And your head is different than my head. And you have a different experience than me. And I have no way to relate to your experience, and I can still relate to your experience. So people go to Gedarlam, and they discuss with them, you know, they ha- that they have a problem with Pernosa, and they have a problem with, you know, with the, with the Yenamach, they have a problem with infertility, they have a problem with, you know, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the family. This guy with Baruch Hashem never had infertility, he never had a problem with Pernosa, he never, he doesn't, have, he doesn't relate to any of these things. So why do they go to the Gadol? Right? And nowadays, like the whole watchword is here, you can't understand our experiences because you never lived in the ghetto, right? You know? So don't talk to me like you understand me. Because they're talking right, most people don't understand that. But a goal did, does. Because he's totally outside of himself. It's not about him but cloud. He, he takes himself totally out of the picture. Even that Ravaran said, even the, the Kuda making me feel better by helping somebody is putting myself in the picture. That's wrong. I have to take myself out of the picture totally so I can totally see you. That's the track of Mr. Khabera. What's fascinating is the Mishnah says, one of them is Now, why do you need to be to be able to be kind of terror? Now, let the, I'm, I'm a good mom, I can see this is. I can even handle, I can even handle the Right? No, no, no. I get, you know, I get, you know, the says you should learn how smart I, I get all of those things. Yeah. Because if you're still stuck inside yourself, you're not hearing the Torah. You're hearing your interpretation of the Torah. You, we, we want the other version of the voice in the Torah. Moshe is going to be the vehicle to give Torah to Christ because he's going to be totally out of the picture. Because it's not about him. He's totally out of the picture. He's totally understanding what they're living through, even though he never lived with it. He's not an ain't of a He's putting his whole being into their situation. I never experienced that. How do I ever supposed to relate to it? That's Gavos. 
That's chesed. So you're not going to do that very quickly in your life. The Russian starts slowly. The first step is getting married. And it's a fascinating thing, marriage. So you take two people, which are totally different backgrounds, different personalities, different natures, different experiences, put them in the same roof 24-7, 365. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. But what is the voida? The voida is to learn that there's somebody else who sees the world totally different than you do. And learn how to get into their mind how they see the world. And learn to respect that vision is just as much as your vision. And respect their viewpoint just as much as you respect your own viewpoint. And realize that they have, they're just as valid as you are. Or maybe more so. And I can really see the world through somebody else's eyes. If you do that well, you can do it with your kids. Kids are not carbon copies of your parents. Kids are kids. My parents don't understand me. Of course they don't. Because they have to get, be willing to validate that you have a way of seeing something which is different than that. They have to see the world through your eyes. Well, do you want to be the parent who's going to do that or not? I'm not going to ask if your parents do that. That's, that's, not a, that's not an easy question. But do you want to be the parent who's going to do that? Well, you're going to learn that. Well, now that you can do that, you can do that with your neighbor. You can do it with the guy next to you in shul. You can do that with the community. You can do that with anybody in Kalah Yisrael. That's godless. That's what chesed is. Chesed is able to see, push it, put yourself into somebody else's viewpoint and get it. And it is extraordinarily difficult because we tend to interpret things based on our own experiences and our own understanding and our own thing, etc. I mentioned one thing, just bear with me just one, 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 one moment. You know, I, I don't like giving political commentary, and I'm not going to talk about what's going on right now. But over the last few months, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, how that the, the whites can't really understand what, what the blacks are going through. Because they never experienced it. They have no idea what it is. And that sounds like very like uppity, you know, like maybe I could understand you. Maybe I could relate to you. You're automatically t judging me that I don't know what you, what you went through. If we were living in a world where people were taka noisnim, that taka would be true. We taka can relate to somebody else. We can get into somebody else's mind and understand where they're coming from. Even when we never experienced it. But we live in a world of noitlin never. The people which are being today, they want to be understood is because they want they they because they only care about themselves. So they're busy, they're covering comfortable insulting everybody else, and you're not good enough for me. That's Nightland. The people are saying, no, no, we do understand, so therefore we have a right to do it. It's also Nightland. Raven Abria is not Noisnim, they're Nightland. He says, what do you do when you have two two Noisnim together? So I want to be a giver, and you want to be a giver. We have a conflict over here.
So one of them is such a nice noisin that he's willing to accept in order that you could feel, feel you, you should be able to be a giver. That's called the makabel. I'm not accepting, I'm not taking it because I want to be a taker. I don't, I don't like taking. But if I, if the reason why I don't, I don't like taking is I don't like taking and, and therefore you are left out, I'm not relating to your, what you, your needs. I'm not relating to you. You need to be a nuisance. I'll be willing to be macabre, let you be a nuisance. That's what a marriage is. The right way to relate in the marriage is that both partners are nuisance to each other. And they're macabre from each other because they want to be nuisance to each other. And that's a form of nesina. But if you go into the marriage about me, it's much, 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 it's much more challenging. I'll just finish a little bit of my stuff. Talmud here in Yeshiva got married in uh, Muncie, and I wasn't up for driving, so I figured I'll, I'll you know, I'll take, I'll go. I, I, I like going by train. Train is much more rapidistic than going by. Uh, to fly to New York is it's, 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 it's such a slap. It's not worth it. So go by train. You can, you can spread out. You can work on the train. All right. The problem is the train doesn't go. Doesn't stop near Muncie. It's a slap and a half from the train to Muncie. Stops at Metro Park. There's another 40 miles from Metro Park until you get into Muncie. So you take a take a taxi for 40 miles. I mean, like you know, there's no and there's no normal bus which goes. I had an Einfeld. The the, the chasna was the, the chasna was from Chicago, and there's a whole all of the Chicago people were coming into Newark, and they were staying overnight in Newark, and they rented a bus from Newark to pick them up to take them up to Muncie to the chasna. So I timed my 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 my, uh, my train to get off in Newark, which is one of the stops in the airport. And I took the bus up to the, so I get on this bus, um, you know, the monthly tourist bus, and there's about 40 people on the bus, let's hold seats 54, I think. 39 of them know each other from Chicago and me, and the bus driver. So the, the 39 people there are very, very, very comfortably ignoring me totally for the whole ride, because they don't know me. They know each other, so like, why should they talk to me? Right? And I made a few overtures to, into that, it didn't really go so far. I said, you know what, I'll talk to the bus driver. They're from a year, right, you know. Nobody else talked to him anyway. So I went up to the front, sat down, and, we, and I shoes with the guy for the whole hour and a half ride. So, so this, um, I actually met him about two years later. I met him, he, he drove the monthly tour. They, sometimes they, they bring these kids down for their, their graduation trips to Washington, D.C. So he pulls up by Ben Yehud over there. Out walks, I, I'm coming out of Mincha in, in the shul. I see my friend, hey, your uncle, you know, like, you know, wow. Until he remembered I, how, how I knew his name. He says, oh, you were the guy in the, uh, I remember you, because you kept, you know, chewed on my ear for a whole hour and a half. Anyway, no, he didn't say that. He just thought it. So I'm shooting with a guy. So we're talking about, so she tells me that he used to, he was at one point in time, he was the private driver for Rabbi Yisrael Tauber. Yisrael Tauber, Zikli Rocha, was a businessman, Tom Chochem, who lived in Muncie, who was the founder of Mechon Leharoa, um, the, 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 the concept, the money behind it, etc. He was a, he would gave shiurim all, all over the country together. They used to give shiurim together, etc. Extraordinary person, survivor from the war, etc. So he used to drive Rabbi Tauber privately. So I asked him, like you know, tell me over some things that he heard from Rabbi Tauber. So he says to me like this, okay? Now I guess you can have give a total confession to, to somebody that you're never going to see, you're never planning to see again. So he said, you know, I, I have someone by itself. Right. So, um, so I always take the long distance rides for, for monthly tours because you know you go away for a few days, you come back, and wife missed you for a few. First day or two, it's like good because he missed you so much. 
Then it starts to deteriorate again. I get in the bus again. I leave again. And I, I, it, it, that's, the, that's the cycle how I, I run my life. This is what he said. And I said, wow, that's my hell. He said, did you ever ask a retirement about Shalom Bayez? She said, yes. I said, what did he say? So he says, the guy's on the uncle. He says, uncle, did you ever see how they polish diamonds? He says, no. He says, I'll tell you how they polish diamonds. He says, you take a diamond, and you put it in a vise, and an expert puts it in the vise, and they bring tremendous pressure on the diamond, and it cracks the diamond in two, exactly where you know, the person knows he's doing it, right where they want it to crack. That's the first step. A raw diamond doesn't look anything like a diamond. It's a piece of hunk, it's a not it doesn't shine anything. The next step is to polish the diamond. Now, the problem is the diamond is the hardest substance known to man. So if you rub anything else on the diamond, the other thing gets worn out, and the diamond remains the same. So the only thing you can, only thing you can polish a diamond with is a diamond. So what do they polish a diamond with? The two halves of the same diamond. Because they're, op they're opposites of each other. So they rub them against each other, and the result is two polished diamonds. It says, the Russian took out a makava, ripped them apart, rubbed them against each other. And the result is polished diamonds. He said, you think that the, 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 the goal of, of marriage is that you guys push the green every single thing, there's no difficulties, no differences, no disagreements. It's a mistake. The Russian Badafka made you all different. And he, Badafka stuck these two people, which are totally different, together because you learn to, to respect each other. That's polishing. There's, there's, there's going to be friction. There's going to be conflict. But if you learn to, to overcome that, you become a polished diamond. So the, mythos, so the Sefer HaKinuch says the following. The, the Torah answers the Raya. The Torah answers Zohar. It says, what's the Yisr? So Bershom created, this is the, the Kinuch says, Bershom created a vehicle of making people into givers as opposed to takers by being with someone who's different than them. But if a person says, the, the vehicle of becoming a better person I don't want to change. I'd rather marry someone who's very similar to me. Comes from my same family. Or another that he's the same gender as I am. This week, you're all the same. You've destroyed the whole mile of marriage. And that is such a terrible thing that the version says that it has to be punished. Because the whole mile of marriage is to make you deal with someone who's not like you. Ad Khan, the Washington of the Chinook. It's extraordinary insight from the Chinook. You're sitting in yeshiva, and there's people who are the same you, and there's people who are different than you. And they get on your nerves. Exactly. That's what they're supposed to do. And from that vantage point, you learn to, to understand that they have a valid vantage point. They have a valid understanding. They have a valid need. They have valid, they're different than you. And you learn to see where they're coming from and respect them. Then you've grown into a person who's a nice and not a nice person.